So uh, we are going to take our reading from the book of Second uh, Samuel chapter 14, subsection uh, 32. Second Samuel chapter 14, subsection 32. Somebody shout, why? Why? I didn't shout, why? Why? We all have been wise in our lives. Why am I short? Why am I tall? Why am I dark? Why am I fit? Why am I slim? Why? Why am I not uh, promoted? You know, why am I not uh, like so and so? We have got a lot of things that are happening. Why in COP19? Why am I poor? Why am I broke? There is there are always why or why is that we always encounter in life. So we want to deal with this uh, title why. As we uh, are we in the book of Second uh, Samuel chapter 14, subsection 32. Are we there? If you are there, shout amen. amen. I don't hear you shout amen. amen. So I'm gonna take it from here. That's second Samuel chapter 14, subsection 32. Absalom answered Joab, I send you saying, Come here, that I may send you to the king to ask why if I come from Geshu, it will be better for me to be there still. Now, therefore, Joab, let me see the king, and if there is iniquity and guilt in me, let him kill me. Why the B-party, if I come from Geshu? The word Geshu there, to just put a little bit of theological tradition, we can put the word world. Why, if I come from the world, if I not see the face of the king? So here we can glean a lot of revelation. The Bible is uh, giving us now, just giving a backdrop of what transpired. We know David. David was a powerful worshiper. He was a powerful singer. He was a powerful warrior. David was a powerful writer. He wrote 150 psalms of the book of Psalms. David was a good father. David was a person who could really love God. When he loved, he could love big. And when he could, when he could sin, he could sin big. But when he could repent, he would repent big as well. So that's the character of David. That's why God said, I will sort a man out of my heart. Because after sinning so big, he could repent so big. So the character of David, it was a questionable character. The wives that David had, if you look at David, when it comes to his social and mental affairs in life, it was questionable. The first wife that David got was Micah, who happened to be the daughter of Saul after he killed Goliath. Can I hear amen? Then from there he married other wives, but he went again and he took uh, another man's wife by the name Abigail. Are we together? And when he took Abigail, Abigail belonged to Nabal. Nabal cried and he did not care. Then from there, he took another wife, Bathsheba, from the man called Uriah. Then you, you understand now that when it comes to social and mental affairs, David had a problem. But the problem that David had was not a personal problem, but it was a transgenerational problem. Because, mind you, if you are a, 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 a Bible reader and you are a student of the Spirit, you understand that Judah was the first person to employ his system within the bloodline of David when Judah slept with the Tamar, who happened to be the daughter-in-law. There were some years, ten generations, that same spirit and demonic 
satanic attack is still running in the face of the generation. David is a king now, the same spirit of incest, prostitution, a lack of, of self-control uh, is running in David. And after David uh, took other people's lives, now we are seeing the fruits now being harvested in his children. Look at Amnon, where we are going now. Bible speaks of Amnon, who happened to be the half-brother to Absalom. Amnon saw Tamar, my new ten generations before Amnon, there was another Tamar. Then when David gave birth to his children, he named another child Tamar. Then when that child was given, the Bible says Amnon lasted did not love Tamar, because Tamar was the sister. We, we, we learned to the students that come to the Bible school that there are three sins that a man should fight. And if you can conquer these sins, you are women right. We spoke of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life when we're dealing with the fruit in the Garden of Eden. Am I correct? When we're dealing with Eve, and we say even when the devil came to Jesus on the mountain where he was fasting 40 days, 40 nights, he came to tempt Jesus on the last of the eye, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life. So this is the same spirits that affected Amnon. Then Amnon strategized. After strategized, he ended up wrecking uh, Tamar, his half-sister. Then it was told David, but David did nothing about it, visited on the issue. Then Absalom, who happened to be the direct brother, to Tamar was so hurt. When he was hurt, David said, and, and Absalom, don't touch your brother. I don't want anything to be done to Amnon. Joab, he was one of the commanders of David, and he was a killer, but he was given directives from David that no one is going to touch Amnon because these are my children. And what I'm harvesting from my children is something that is transgenerational. Our fathers, they ate sour grapes, and our teeth were set on edges. Can I get an amen? amen? And the Bible says, but Absalom, he kept all these things to himself. He was getting, but he consumed the heads within himself. One day he strategized and he organized a banquet for princes and queens and called princes from different areas. And said, we have organized. Then he invited his brother, Amnon. That's when Amnon was killed by Absalom. When Amnon was annihilated, he was told to David, David became angry and said, I want to deal with Absalom. Then after that, the Bible says that Absalom stayed somewhere, then stayed, stayed somewhere. He did not end it there. He, he went now through with another plan to topple his father, Absalom. After killing Amnon, David forgave Absalom, but he was hurting within his spirit. And he said, okay, I'm not going to touch Absalom, but I'm going to deal with him when time comes. While he was still hurting, the Bible says Absalom uh, now devised a demonic and evil plan to topple his father, to do a coup d'etat to his father. He then gathered people, and some of the people that Absalom gathered, there are things that we can learn from Absalom that are positive, inasmuch as there were negativities attached to Absalom. He took Ahithophel, he took a lot of guys that way for David. If you read about Ahithophel, Ahithophel was, just, was not just an ordinary man in the camp 
of David. You are a man of wisdom. Come on, somebody shout wisdom. You are a man of counsel. Come on, somebody shout counsel. Whatever I need of you or wisdom I need of you could give you, you implement it, you could have something that unpredictable. Because he had wisdom like of an angel. Then Absalom took a hit of her. Then he walked with a hit of her and said, What should I do to deal with this man who happens to be my father? I want to take his, his position and to take power. A hit of her connived. And after conniving, they nearly took power from David, from Absalom. Why? Absalom was very clever. Do you know, the life of Absalom, we can uh, put a solution to the life of Cain. Cain killed his brother for no apparent reason. But it comes to Absalom, Absalom in the reason, but he killed his brother. So Absalom, what he used to do, he used to stand on the gates of Israel because there was a gate that could lead to the city and a gate that could lead outside the city. Then while he's standing on the gates, he would say, hi, how are you? Are you uh, surviving well? Are you eating well at your home? You say, no, things are not well. He could tell you that if I was the king, I was going to make sure that I increase the grants. So he had to now instill a demonic and satanic information in people. Hi, why are you not wearing Prada? Why are you not wearing Gucci? I don't have money. If I was the king, I would have given you all Gucci. Why are you not driving? That's what he used to do every morning. So people now, they tend to laugh Absalom. Why? Because of the information he used now to tackle his father so that he may uh, advance his assignment. But to cut the long story short, then Absalom, he then left Israel because he knew that they had known everything. Then he went to a place called Geshu. Why going to Geshu? Geshu, it was uh, a place that was located in the northern side of Israel. And the king of Geshu was called Tamai, who happened to be the great father of Absalom, because Tamai was the father to Abigail. So running there, he ran there for refugee. Because David had no boundaries. Either if you run to the Philistines, if he's looking for you, he can take you. So you know that the protection that I have is not only a territorial protection, but David will not attack me and enter into the house of his father-in-law. So Absalom was very cunning. Can I promise up? He was very shrewd in his wisdom. So he knew that David was not going to break forth. It was one of the most fortified cities. Why was David had given them protection for free because this is my father-in-law. Then he had advanced his kingdom because the reason why he married Abigail in his back of his mind it was not about life. It was about franking his kingdom to the northern part. That's David for you. But by doing so now, Absalom is protected in Geshu. So he stayed in the city of Geshu. While in the Geshu, the people that occupied Geshu were Aramians. But it was a very, very, very small uh, city, and it was near the Sea of Galilee. I'm just giving you a historical background of the city, so that now we will write, we write knowing where we are coming from. Then he stayed there for some time. Then by staying there for some time, David now uh, started to miss Absalom. Why missing Absalom? But he could not tell anybody. But he's missing Absalom. And he said, I don't want to see Absalom in my kingdom. If I see Absalom in my kingdom, I'm going to annihilate him. So he had made a declaration, but 
When he had made a declaration, the man now could not go to the office. The man now could not do his political leadership duties. Why? Because he missed Absalom so much. Uh, to to somebody. So he now, uh, he could not now forgive Absalom uh, physically, but within the spirit he was hating, he could not even publicly declare that I've forgiven Absalom, but he now, uh, he started out to feel depression, oppression and suppression. Why? Because he missed Absalom. And this now, it plunged David into what we call psychological degradation. Psychologically, he could not think. He's called into parliament by Joab and the other Abnas. He would say, no, I'm not going to come. Until Joab one day, he said this, a problem with the king. But David now, he was a worshiper, but at the same time, he was a king. One day, a certain guy rushed unto David. Uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the near future now, when Absalom died, he rushed unto David and he said unto David, your son died. I'm not going to plunge into that, but to show you David. Why David is, is pursuing after Absalom, and Absalom is dead, somebody brought the news unto David to say, your son is dead. He annihilated the person for bringing bad news. That was David. For David to talk to him as a person, you were not, you, 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 you could not just walk in his palace and tell him something. You were supposed to think, meditate first before you speak something to David. So Joab learned that. And he said, the man that you are dealing with, he's a good worshiper, he's a good leader, he's a good father. But when you want to approach him with a matter, you must know how to approach him. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. I don't hear you shout amen. Amen. So the Bible says, Joab realized that there is a problem because the problem of David now, it now plunged the economy of Israel into limbo. But things were not happening. Politically, they were weak. David was not now offering his leadership skills. Economically, they were going down. Uh, socially, things were going down. People were doing whatever they want. Until one day, Joab went and David and looked at David. But for him to say, David, I know that the reason why you are not exercising your duties is because you miss Absalom. He feared that he could be killed. Hey, okay, can I give you a little bit of rendition on Joab? Who was Joab? Joab's mother was called uh, Syria, Z-E-R-R-I-A-H. And Joab happened to be, um, to be uh, David's sister's son, which means the sister of David is the one who gave birth to Joab. So they had a relationship. And who was Joab in the camp of David? Joab as a commander. Joab was a king. One day David said unto Joab, when you pursue Abner, don't kill Abner, bring Abner. Then Abner was brought to David. Then after Abner was brought to David, Abner asked for forgiveness. Mind you, if you are a student of the spirit, that Abner and Shimei, they had rose up against David. So David is not a man who can forgive easily. Then Abner, he came, he knelt down, he gave obsolete unto David, and he said, don't kill Abner, let him go. The generation to come will deal with Abner. Then the Bible says, Joab now, seeing Abner leaving the camp of Israel, he said unto David, I want to go and take some water. Then he followed Abner and he killed Abner. Then when it was told to, uh, unto David, David castigated Ab, uh, Joab, but he knew the man that he was dealing with. But on this 
issue now, you realize that in his ruthlessness, because Job was ruthless. Come on, somebody shout, Amen. Amen. To an extent that sometimes David, as a king, he could fail to control Job. But he was an important figure in the circle of David. In as much as he was unruly man, but he was an important figure. So one day he walked in the palace of David and realized that David was not as happy as he used to be. Then for him now to say, King, you are not happy because of Absalom, you are you feared for his life. Then he went to a place called Tekoa. Come on, somebody shout Tekoa. When he went to that place, he took a woman, what is Tekoa, a relation on, on Tekoa. Tekoa was a small city that was far from Israel, but it was a seat of shepherds. All the people that in Tekoa, they were shepherds. So he took now a woman and put the life of a woman in danger for his own benefit. Then he released some information to the woman and said, go to the king and lie to the king that your husband is dead. Then there are people who want to come and take your children. And God, king is going to give you his judgment. And the woman went unto David and spoke all the issue to David. And David was angry and said, whoever wants to touch you, I'm going to deal with the person. The more they were talking, the more they were talking, the more they were talking. The Bible clearly says that David descended, that this woman's issue, it was a facade. She was not meaning what she was saying. Then the woman said, uh, David said unto the woman, who sent you? And David said, I sense, come on somebody, shout sense. Yes. I prophesy that you may be sensitive. Yes. That when a person comes and says, I want to enter into a business transaction with you, sense the person that is speaking, not the physical person that you are seeing. Uh, can I prophesy somebody? Yes. When somebody comes to you with an offer, either through online, offline, I prophesy that you may have the spirit, the ability, the propensity, the fulgence to sense the person that is speaking behind a lot of people were duped in life. Some of them were duped in relationships. Why? Because they could not sense that the person who is speaking is not a car seller, is a thief. Can I profess like a feel it? Do you know if you have got a relationship with God, God can give you power and ability to sense the person behind the, the person who is talking to you. Someone can call you and say, I can uh, uh, make a visa for you to go to Canada and work there in Canada. You know, you have the power and the ability to sense. You ask him, where are you working? The person says, no, I'm an agent for Canadian Embassy. You have the power and the ability to sense behind that, no, this person is not even a Canadian Embassy. This person is, is Tempesta. This person is not even near Canada. I prophesy that let God give you that discernment. I say, I prophesy, let God give you that discernment. So that when someone comes and says, I want to get married to you, you send the person behind, not the one that you are seeing, who has got six or twelve picks. The person who has got big chest, no. You send the person that is behind, that no, it's not you. It's your grandfather who's speaking. You start to beat me in the marriage. I prophesy that power and ability. Some of us were not married by men, we were married by spirits. But I want to prophesy that God is going to give you sensitivity. Some of our friends, they are not there to build us, but they are there to destroy us. But I prophesy that when you have got a friend, sense the builder in the friend. Don't sense the buyer in salvality. 
you know, in that person who is saying wants to build life with you, there is a Tobiah in his anthology, but it takes discernment. And the Bible says, when David said unto the woman, that I sense Job, Job was sitting there, and the Bible said, the woman said, King, your wisdom is like the wisdom of an angel. I've never seen a man under the sun. How did you manage to construe? So it shows you that David's wisdom could be equated to an angelic wisdom. Then after all these things, David said, Aunt Joel, I know what you are trying to do. I give you the permission to now go to Geshu and take my son. But when my son comes, I don't want to see him near me. He must stay in his city like any other civilian. He may be having that prince title, but I don't want to see him near me. And the Bible says, Job went and to Geshu, took Absalom. Absalom did not fight because Absalom was missing his father at the same time. Then when Absalom was brought in the city, he was not allowed to go and see David. Then he stayed in the city. When he stayed in the city, he realized that I'm just a normal person. I'm like a servant. But my position is with the king. It's like you and me when you're coming to the house of God. The major responsibility of coming to the house of God is not to stay far, but is to be within the presence of the Most High God. So you must ask yourself each and every time, that's why I say, watch. Why am I coming to the house of God? The reason why we are coming every day is that we may draw closer to the presence of God. When you say, draw close, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you, it's not speaking about this human from God, but it's speaking about His presence, that draw nigh to my presence, and my presence will draw nigh unto you. Did you hear uh, Moses? He said, if your presence does not go with us, permit us not to go. Can I listen to somebody? Don't make any move. Don't initiate any project without the presence of God. We must not see God from afar, but we must experience God. I always tell you that when we capture the realities of the spirit, we must experience those realities here physically. It must not be like there are angels. It must not be like God has blessed me with the spirit of blessings in the heavenly places. Gone are the days for me to come and say, I'm driving. And I say, where is your car? I say, in the realm of the spirit. I'm owning a house. We say, where is your house? In the realm of the spirit. I am a millionaire. We should bet. I told you the other week that when I'm speaking about faith, faith is a conviction that I have about something. When I'm convinced about something, I have faith. Glory be to Jesus. I'm convinced that Jesus is the healer. That's faith. I'm convinced that the spirit is real. That's faith. I'm convinced that God is almighty. That's faith. But your conviction, it must be translated into action. If you die into a conviction dimension, you will not achieve. Okay? You are convicted that this juice is nice and it belongs to you. Come on, somebody, look at me. You are convinced. Come on, somebody. I see that prayer. Shout, it belongs to me. Shout, it belongs to me. So which means you have got faith and it belongs to you. I see it, man. Shout, it belongs to me. So that's 2019. It belongs to me. Shout, it belongs to me. 2020, shout, it belongs to me. 2021, shout, it belongs to me. 2022, shout, it belongs to me. Did it come to you? But you are confessing, you are convicted. But can somebody order can you stay down? Say it belongs to me. Come now, action, come here. 
churches. So he, he decided he belonged to me and he did what? He acted. You can go and sit down and smile. He belongs to me. So he acted now. So there are results. Which means all the things that you were declaring, you had faith. You were seeing it in the realms of the spirit, capturing them through the lens of your spiritual eyes. But they were, there was no action. So for faith to be fulfilled, it must be conviction and action. If I feel like this 2022, I should be owning my own house. I must say just to claim it in the realm of the spirit. The problem with claiming things, then we are seeing things in the realm of the spirit, but we need to take action. That's why you see our results are different now. You see now, you are sitting in the same row. Your results are going to be different. This one, you just claimed it and you took action. You see it? You, you claimed it then. Then you start to go home and say, this God does not work. When this one says, this God works, that's when now people now start to plunge into spiritism and say, I have tried God, let me try the other side of life. But when it belongs to you, go for it. Can I promise you like a friend? When you feel like you are a landlord, don't claim and say, I'm a landlord. Why? Because my father owned property, so it runs in my, in my face. No, go and claim that which belongs to you. If you feel that you are a business mogul, don't just die there and say, ah, no, I'll start, don't worry. All the other business will die down. Then I'll start my own told you that they are going to die down. I prophesy, let God give you power. Amen. I said, I prophesy, let God give you power. Amen. So action is very important in the kingdom of God. Action. So when I'm coming to the house of God, now I know that I should be uh, not sitting at the back uh, of God's presence. I must be at the forefront. While God is operating, I should be there. When things are happening in the realm of the spirit, I must capture them in experience. When you talk of experience, it means it's happening. Are we together? When God is increasing people in the realm of the spirit, I capture it in the cosmos in experience. So that when I walk and I say I'm a Jacob, I'm increasing. People must be in a position to end. I, I told you that they must be predictable and sustainable. When Jacob is saying that I have increased in terms of children, people must remember Ruben, there is a Levite, there's Simeon, there's Judah, Zebulun, Gad, Dan, Dan to Joseph. They must count in experience altogether. That's why we've got people with one, one child, and when it's working, say, I've got 15 in the realm of the spirit. You know, now we want to capture them. If you want them 15, they must be experienced. So Absalom, teaching us, he becomes a guest to me and you, that when I'm coming, I'm not a civilian. When I'm coming, I'm a resident of the rest of God. I must not just visit, then I go out. The devil is a lunch. If he has put a blockhead for me not to end up in the presence of God, devil I'm a strategist. I'm about to strategize so that I may get into the presence of God. Joab, he was that living question between Absalom and the presence. So he called for Joab, Absalom, and said, Joab, you took me from the world, that is Geshu. I'm your Joab, I'm your pastor. We are taking you from the world. Then we are now putting a blockage for you not to get to God, so that when God starts to speak to you, there's no need for you to come for inquire from me. That's how things happen in the world of the spirit. So after sending men at Joab, Joab did not come. Then Absalom strategized and said unto his friends, 
You know that the field I prophesy of Joab is near my house. Can you go? Then I want to set it on fire. There is Bali. When you're talking of Bali, Bali in the north of the days was one of the most expensive products and agricultural produce. And when you're talking about Joab, you're talking of a man like Bekukane. Uh, if you hear about Becky Collins on the farm, it's not a garden, it's not a backyard, it's a big one. So when the Bible says they built the field of Joab, it's not a small one. It was a world that was built. So he said, set it on fire. I prophesy. Come on, somebody shout, I will set it on fire. I will set it on fire. Say, devil, devil, devil. devil, devil. I will set you on fire. Because he had stayed for three years without accessing the presence of God. And he said, devil, I'm setting you on fire. After that, Joab did not need anyone to tell him that it was Absalom who did this. Then when he saw smoke and fire going up into the heavens, he went unto Absalom and he said, why did you bear my field? And Absalom said, I called you first time, you did not come. I called you the second time, you did not come. So that we may have a proper Communication, we may have a formal and a civil communication with the devil. The devil, we tried, uh, uh, we tried to, to negotiate with the devil, but this system is not a time to negotiate with the devil. We tried to ask him nicely, Live my life. You know, we put our hands in our pocket, devil, lost me, lost me, I miss. But now is no, it's the time now to jump in the realm of the spirit. It's, it means I have to buy or hire a bulldozer. For the devil to live my life, it's the time for the devil to live my life. Amen. We have allowed and entertained spiritual spouses. They are coming in every time when you are sleeping, they touch you, they touch you without paying your body. Ah, the devil is alive. Exactly. It's time to deal with them. Amen. I set them on fire. Amen. I said, set them on fire. Amen. No, they've been taking our names, putting them in shrines, putting them in a small, a clay pot. Calling our names from where they are, we are set on fire. I am not talking to somebody in this place. Devil is set on fire. We tried, we tried, we tried. We heard that there are people that are doing whatever they are doing from our father's side, mother's side, and we tried to negotiate. But this time, I'm calling for a generation that do not know how to negotiate. Tell the devil that I've entertained you enough. It's my time to rise up. It's my time to take that which belongs to me. So Joab, when he went up to Absalom, he had no choice. He had to take Absalom into the presence of his daddy. I cannot prophesy like a Felix. I cannot prophesy like a Felix. Okay, I'll bring it home in two seconds. Let us just examine why the field. Why did he bear the field? The first reason why Absalom bear the field was because he wanted attention. Do you know, in every situation of disadvantage that I am in, there's always a way out from that situation. If you can start a judge spiritually by having the forges of God's anointing and intelligence, you can come out. Look at the children of Israel. They are going to Canaanite and are locked between a hard rock and a hard place. There's the Red Sea ahead of them, the mountains, and Pharaoh, a despotic king, who was known and with the reputation to kill, with his soldiers that are civilized, they are coming to destroy them. 
But the Bible says, when all these people were not seeing a way out, David being the man who sustained the intelligence of the Spirit, he looked up. He entered into the book of Psalms, where the Bible says, I look under the mountains. Where does my help coming from? Mountains, they don't always represent these physical mountains. Mountains, they represent an assembly of God. That's why the devil in the book of Ezekiel 28, 14, he says, I will arise a city upon the mountain of the assembly of the children of God. And God said, no, you can't sit in my mountain. So he said, I look under the mountains. Where does, so even if you take out the mountain, mountain I look up. That's why it only changed one life. He looked up. I'm locked, yes. Let me look up. Then when he looked up, he prayed unto God. Then an answer came from God and a way out was there. Can I prophesy like a feet? I'm reminded of uh, Zacchaeus. The Bible says he was disadvantaged, very short. And all the people that were around Zacchaeus, the Jewish people, they were strong people. So he could not access Jesus, only to see him to touch. Why? Because he was very short, disadvantaged because of his stature and his height. But he looked around and he said, I'm going to strategize. And he saw a tree. And he said, I'm going to make use of this tree. Whoever planted this tree, planted it with me in his mind. To say, in a generation to come, there will be a short person who won't access God. But I'm going to climb that tree. When Zacchaeus climbed the tree, the Bible tells me that it's not only now Zacchaeus who saw Jesus. Even Jesus managed to notice Zacchaeus. There are strategies that will make God to notice you. Other people, they saw Jesus and Jesus did not notice them. But Zacchaeus now with a twofold blessing, I saw Jesus and Jesus noticed me and Jesus said unto Zacchaeus, I wanted to go down so that we die together at your house. So Absalom is saying to himself that I can't have access to the king, but there's something that I can do that will give me access and attention from the king. I'm going to bend this two down. Can I promise you like a friend? That's attention, but I want to show you that a philosophical examination of this word field, biblically from Genesis to, to Revelation, when a suit is being mentioned, we are reminded of, of, of Isaac. The Bible says, when Isaac wanted to marry, he sent uh, a letter of Damascus to the place that Damascus had agreed through covenant with Abraham, looking for a wife. The Bible says, when Elias of Damascus was going to look for a wife for Isaac, Isaac was in the field, conservation field. What was he doing in the field? He was meditating. So the place of field or field, biblically, it represents a place of meditation. So when he touched the field, he did not only touch attention, but he touched the meditation of Job. And the Bible says, let not this word depart from your mouth, but meditate upon it day and night, so that you may have prosperity in your days. So he touched not only the field, but he touched prosperity. I cannot prophesy like a field. So where does meditation come from and how do you communicate? Meditation, it comes through your inner man, that is the heart. Then it's communicated into your mind. Then it's given now expression through your tongue to become a voice. 
Okay, five manifestations of the mind. Can you put them down? Then I bring it home. Five manifestations of the mind. The first manifestation of the mind is sight or visual sight. Sight or visual sight. What is visual sight? It's a function of light. Okay, naturally we believe what we see. So when the devil appears to your visual function of sight, he appears to allure you. So when he went unto Eve, on the visual perception and sight of Eve, he wanted to allure Eve. That's why on Wednesday we say it, the Bible says, Eve said, the fruit is good for eating, and it's pleasing in the way, in the eyes, to make someone wise. So he comes allures you. So when the devil knows that prophet is with a proclivity, a tendency of loving chaste women, he goes to my eyes by bringing a chaste woman. So that is connected, now communicated to me through that, and I'm allured. While other people are going to pray, I'm busy following the gifts. Why? Because I am affected by my visuality. I prophesy. Let not your eyes affect you. I prophesy that you may have control of my eyes. He knows what you want. If he knows that this woman, she loves Louis Vuitton so much, he can make someone to leave his uh, marketing style with the Louis Vuitton that you want. You look around, you look around, there's nobody who is seeing you. You take it, you put it inside. Before you know it, someone comes. What has attracted you is not about the Louis Vuitton, but the visual function of a person. So that's, these are the meditations of the mind. Secondly, it's audio. What comes from the mind is visuals. That's why I always tell you that it's not the eye that sees, but it's the mind that sees. The eye, it captures things. So when you are speaking of colors, the mind captures and it gives information. The eye captures and gives information to the mind. Then the mind is the one that chooses red, blue, white, black. Are we together? So number two is audio or speech. Come on, somebody shout audio or speech. Audio or speech. Speech or audio. These are verbal speech of the manifestations of the mind. Audio and speech, these are the manifestations of the mind. Before you see it, they have to be machinated, orchestrated in the mind. Number three, manifestations of the mind, reasoning. Come on, somebody shout reasoning. Reasoning. Okay, what is reasoning? Reasoning is the examination of mental input for the purpose of drawing a conclusion. Why? What? When? Who? So when a person is reasoning, it's an examination of one's mind or one's mental input for the purpose of drawing a conclusion. The reason why I reason, I want to draw out a conclusion. Why? What? When? How? Which? I'm trying to draw out a conclusion. And number four, another manifestation of the mind is imagination. Come on, somebody shout imagination. What is an imagination? These imaginations, these are non-existent constructs of our minds, feelings, desires, anger, and grudges. These are what we can find in our mind through imagination. You can imagine yourself being in America now, what you're sitting here. These are the constructs of the mind. You can imagine yourself in your flat right now, watching cricket, watching soccer, eating a cake, drinking your Coca-Cola. These are the constructs of the mind. And number five, which is the last one, the other uh, manifestation of the mind is action. Action is conceived in the mind. Come on, somebody shout mind. Action is conceived in the mind. Where from thoughts? 
The Bible said unto, unto, unto Mary that the thoughts of the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and you shall conceive. So for me to act, there must be conceptions in mind. So I was trying to break a, a field philosophically when I deal with it, bringing a remission of the field that when he read the field, it was about attention. But again, a field, it has got many representations, biblically, which I gave unto you. And coming back to why uh, did I leave Geshu as I close right now? Why? So it must be your question that why am I coming to the house of God? Why am I singing? Why? Why do we sing? Why, why do I wake up every morning coming to the house of God? Why? What's the reason? What's the, the, the check behind all the actions. Why, why, why do I love other people? Why do I do that? Kingdom advancement. I, I, I always tell you that the major assignments, why I come to the house of God, apart from the master and the preacher that is preaching, is for kingdom advancement. Kingdom advancement. Kingdom advancement. The reason why I come to the house of God without even looking for my friend, if he comes or she comes, it's for me to showcase my love for God. Not even Jesus. It's not about how eloquent the preacher is. These are secondary, but the primary assignment when I come to the house of God is to showcase my love for God. Which means the preacher can be there or not there. I'll go to the house of God. I want to showcase my love to God. Are we together? And number three, why do I come to the house of God? Watch. I come to the house of God so that I may dethrone the devil from the hearts of humanity and enthrone the person of Jesus Christ unto the hearts of humanity and upon all that across the strata of human sphere. Which means when I'm coming to the house of God, my community is watching me, my family is watching me, but I'm there to dethrone the power of the devil in people's hearts, not believers' hearts. In people's hearts, then we enthrone the person of Jesus Christ so that humanity, whenever they conceive, they must conceive Jesus. When we speak and say hi, our, 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 our first step should be Jesus. When we speak, when we speak, when someone is saying things are tough, it must be Jesus. But the reason why people, when you speak and you have a conversation with you, how is life? How are you doing it at work? Are things and tight profit? But when, if we dethrone the devil and enthrone Jesus, that's when we speak a different language. Can I promise like a friend? I've got a lot of people that have got questions. Why? Why are these things happening to me? Why am I uh, the black sheep in family? Do I have people like this? Why do I give, but I see few? Do I have people like that in the house of God? Why do I laugh, but what I get after laughing is hatred and rejection? Why? Can I promise like a friend? So Joab is uh, Absalom said and Joab. If this is the reason why you took me to Geshu, you better take me back to Geshu because I can't be around the territory and the vicinity of where the presence is. People are going there to get grass, they are going there to get loans. But I cannot access the presence of the king. And to make the matters worse is that the king is my biological father. Can I promise like a field? To make matters worse. The devil is a true place. But the God that we worship, he said, he's my father. He said, 
shall never leave you nor forsake you. Can I prophesy like a fit? To make matters worse, he has adopted us from my families. What does adoption entail? Adoption it means when you are taken legally, which means nothing is going to be legal, right? To claim you. Can I prophesy like a fit? You are adopted from poverty. You are adopted from stress. You are adopted from being behind. Now God has put you ahead, but the devil is trying to draw you back. That's what he did unto the Israelites, that I'm going to allow you to go, but don't go far. The devil is lying. I set fire on the devil. He said, I will listen to you, but you are not going to go with your, with, with your livestock. And Moses, knowing that we are people of fire, he said that, devil, you are a liar. If we are not living with our livestock, we ain't going nowhere. If we are not living with our prosperity, we ain't going nowhere. If we are going to approach the presence of our God, we must approach in abundance, can I prophesy like a friend? I prophesy that your mind is being answered right now. The response that devil is after you. I told you another time when I was preaching that the devil, the response against you and against you every time is because I hear something like Jesus. If I don't have Jesus, the devil can pass you and he can tell you that my name is devil and you can invite him in your life and say, devil come. You will not even come. Why? Because you don't have anything that represents the power of Jesus Christ. So the reason why the devil is after us is because we have got something that represents the power of Jesus Christ. Can I prophesy like a spirit? So why the, the devil? Why, why poverty? Why rejection? Why divorces? It's because we kept Jesus Christ. Next time when you see the devil knocking at your door, when you see the devil beating you down, now you've got a reason. Don't just say why. Know that you have got something that represents Jesus Christ. Can you say like a faith? He does not have resources to waste it. If you don't have the glory and the presence of God, the devil will play with you. I'm calling for absolutes that are going to say, man of God, why if I left the world, if things are not going to happen in my life, why if I left cultural and traditional activities, if I cannot prosper through the power of Jesus Christ, why if I left my brothers and sisters, my siblings, they are drinking, some of us we used to drink, and some of us we drink, but we are trying to leave drinking, but why are we leaving drinking? So that God may do something mighty, marvelous in our lives. Can you promise me? Let us it. So right now, as you go to a place of treasure, I want you to go to God and say, God, why have I left my generation? I was called by my daughter. They used to call me Billy Bizimofu. They used to call me Shaki. But I said, I denied it. But why? Why are things not happening in my life? Am I talking to somebody in this place? I've left all negativities, but the positivities are hiding away from me. But I'm here to encourage somebody that this power has come to you. Any form of limitation that was limiting you from accessing the presence and the power of God is here by proclamation. If there was any job, I don't care. If, if it's the boss, you know, if it's our place, there are people that are demonic cantacles that can stand between you and your promotion. You ask yourself, why did I get a diploma, a certificate, and a degree? If I cannot be promoted, there is a job. Bear that field right now. And when you bear that field, the job will know that 
to anoint you to pledge. The Bible tells us about Elijah that the demons through an arm or through Jezebel, they were contesting for the power of God. But Elijah said, The God of fire is the God that should be worshipped. Can I prophesy like a feet? Therefore, I'm going to keep right now. I am burning everything that represents you. The reason why I'm burning your food, Joabo, is because your food represents your dignity. Your food represents your status quo. But I get to put it down, devil. Devil, why did I leave my family? Why did I change my ceremony? Now my meat never scored Jesus, right? Jesus, John But things are not happening. They are not correlating to what I know when I read the Bible. How many things do you know? And things that you've read in your Bible that represent power, that represent grace, that represent favor. But it seems like favor, it always runs away from you. The moment you try to get hold of the promotion, it slips through your fears. But I prophesy that God is going to give you a glimpse. Whatever is going to come to my table, I'm going to hold it. Can I prophesy in the future? Why did I leave my profession? I always ask myself, oh God, I left professions. I should be something and somewhere. But what I have does not represent what I wanted in my dreams. But I'm here to prophesy to somebody that there is a demonic limitation that you don't want you to get into the presence of God. We are here to break and stand it by the power of the Holy Ghost, not by mighty, not by power, but by the Holy Ghost. I decree and I declare God said unto Jesus that there is a mountain standing between you and your promotion, but it's about to be left flat, not by mighty, not by power, but by the spirit of Yeshua. Why did we live and put our decrees at our interest? And we said, We are following you, oh God. But it seems like we are the last one to eat bread. We are eating from the bread crumbs. I decree and I declare that it's coming to an end. When other people are cutting bread, we are not there. But we come to pick bread crumbs. I'm reminded of the salvation one. Unto Jesus Christ, regardless of your nativity, but you found me in your image. You created me through your power. You created me according to Genesis 1 26. And you said you were created in the image after the likeness. But when you are healing people, why is it you are crossing as Samaritans? You only deal with the Jewish community. But today, I Jesus, and I'm breaking the body of tribes, and I'm entering and plunging into prosperity. And Jesus Christ was tied by the woman, and he said unto the woman, No faith has made me to do this. Bring your child unto me, then I can show your child of a son like a friend. I'm reminded of a woman in the Bible says the husband had died, and the child had died. This is the family that is plunged into death. When he looked at the woman here, he said unto the woman here, This is a body of death. You can lose your only husband. Now you've got one child, you are losing your child. I'm here to break the body. And Jesus Christ prophesied unto the woman here. And the child came back to life, came from the spirit of the He saw another woman with a child that was dead, that was dying, that he died. And Jesus Christ said unto the child, Rise up and change. I come to prophesy. We have 
my sins are merit, my sisters are merit. But why me, oh God? Come on, some short ones. My friends are crazy. They are only their classes. But why me, oh God? Because they have got their children. But why me, oh God? They need what they want, when they want, and how they want. But for me, it's a problem. Why, why me, oh God? Can I prophesy to somebody? I'm a faithful husband, a faithful wife. But my husband, he is a faithful somebody. My wife, she wants to be another man. Why, why, oh God? Can I prophesy like a finish? I give him your house. I pay my tithes. But I'm in poverty. Why, 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 oh God? Break right now. So don't 
Some of them they are not visible, but you need to have the eyes of the spirit to see. They become the limitation. Why? We have got a lot of questions, but the questions can only be answered under the presence of God. Why? Why God? Why? And if you cannot answer your questions in the presence of God, that's when you start to realize that here in South Africa, a lot of people are committing suicide. Why? Because they've got questions like, why? They are driving Ferraris, they are driving Lamborghinis, they are living in the northern side of Johannesburg, suburbs. They are well up, better off than a lot of us, but a person commits suicide at a tender age of 30, 33, 35, 40. Why? The question will be why? And if you cannot find an answer on why, you will plunge into depression. Then when you plunge into depression, there are demons that are responsible to further the depression part of it. Then they start to whisper to you, because depression is a condition that a person can plunge into, but that condition is invitive. It invites spirits now that will start to, to, to find your depression. When your depression is finding now, it moves from depression, it comes it comes out to a place of suicidal thoughts. You feel like you have got no reason to live. There is nothing for you left. Even though you have got children, you will not even see the devil blind you. That will not even see that there are small children that need you. Why? These are the questions. Why? But you want to pray to God. Any limitation that has limited you from accessing another dimensional level. Let it be broken right now. I said, let it be broken right now. I said, let it be broken right now. You need to set fire on anything that represents limitation in your life. If you don't burn that field of Job, Job will continue to receive your messages and you will not act. How many messages have you written to God through your prayer, through your singing, through your tears? They are letters that you send unto God, but they are strategic. Demonic entities, a clutch of strategic, sophisticated demons that is in heavenly places, responsible to bring limitation to your life. Then when things do not happen, the next thing is why. Not only what, why. The very difficult questions in life to deal with is why, not what. What to eat? If you have a great land, you can eat. But why? Am I not eating? That becomes generational. What? Dead, am I going to get married? It's not a problem. But why am I not getting married? It's a problem. What am I going to drive? It means you have options. But why am I not driving? It becomes a problem. Say, so I declare, I declare. I declare. Any force, limitation, spirits. Standing against me with the presence of God. Say, I declare my dinner. As I pray right now, I pray that I scatter any limitation limiting my life, limiting my family from accessing the true presence of God. I pray that I scatter. I read the fear of the Holy Spirit and I burn 
We're in the presence of God. Say, I decree that today. Sabaya, 